Truth Espresso, episode 199. Face it, we all would rather sleep in this morning. <sighs> That's why God gave us espresso to kickstart our zombified corpses into hyperdrive. <laughs> and now, giving your mind and soul the morning shot of truth it craves. <sighs> this is Truth Espresso with Daniel Minnick. Hey there, friends, family, foes, and lurkers alike. This is your host, Daniel Minnick, and with me is my sweet, beautiful co-host and wife, Chelsea. And if you paid attention to what I just said, yes, this is episode 199. That means episode 200 is just around the corner. Wow, that's so exciting. (laughs) Yeah, it is hard to believe we are at this already. It seems like we just got started with episode zero and episode one and stuff. So, yeah, all I could do is say thank you, God, for allowing Truth Espresso to keep on going so far. And thank you, sweetheart, for <laughs> helping me get to episode 199 already. Well, I think you do most of the work, but. <laughs> Good job, babe. This is a historic time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Getting close to 200. <laughs> yeah. And you certainly did a lot of work for the series that we're doing on slander and using good words. So last week we talked about ways that we tear others down. And by others, we're talking about other than our immediate family, just people that we might encounter daily, but we don't live with them. They could be friends, family, foes and lurkers alike, or no, uh, (laughs) friends, family, church members, co-workers, and whatnot. And we talked about ways that we can tear down people like that with our words, but this episode we're going to talk about ways that we can build others up with our words. And I have an acronym for that too. So if these points can be helpful, they form a nice acronym. And this acronym is GREATS. So let's be greats. Let's turn people into greats people (laughs) with these uh, ways that we could build each other up. And the first one that we'd like to get to is the word for G in our acronym of greats, and that is graceful words. So how do we use our words to be graceful toward people? And we look at scripture for an example there. Yeah, so our scripture verse for graceful words is Colossians 4 verse 6. It says, Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. I like that verse. The Apostle Paul seems to be very good with imageries, analogies. He'll quote a lot from the Old Testament, making a point, but I like how he gives a flavor to our words. So by being graceful with our words, we make them palatable to other people. It's like seasoned with salt. If we have sit down to a meal and you can use some good ingredients, say like 
like your salsa you made <laughs> oh, today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good illustration because we got some, we order uh, Misfits Market. <laughs> so every two weeks, we'll get a box of organic foods that are discounted because they didn't pass the QC process for being sold retail in the stores. And they're perfectly good. They just might be shaped a little weirdly or might have some tiny little bruise on it and stuff. Things like that. And, you know, we make good use out of them. So today, as a recording, today is uh, Saturday. You're listening on Monday at at the least, you know, as this episode's released on Monday. But we're recording Saturday and... Saturday morning. This morning we got the box of misfits and we got some tomatoes. And so sometimes when I see tomatoes, I want to cut them up and make some homemade salsa. And yeah, good ingredients. Tomatoes. I chopped up some onions, chopped up some garlic, cut up some cilantro leaves. And yeah, those are really good ingredients for salsa. But as I would taste test it, it would seem to be a little bland. You know, I even put some garlic powder in. I was trying to mix it and think like, what am I missing here? (laughs) And then (laughs) you mentioned salt and I realized, wait, I forgot the salt. (laughs) And So yeah, just add a little salt seasoned with salt and it makes it palatable, makes it enjoyable. (laughs) So good example with that, sweetheart. I don't know why I didn't think of the salsa. (laughs) But yes. Salt is a flavor enhancer, and our words should not be bland. Our words should be graceful, and if we use graceful words, it's like seasoning something with salt. It makes it taste good to the hearer, and we do that as we answer people, as they ask questions for us about our faith, about our day, whatever. Even if they challenge us, we should be able to speak grace to them and say it in such a way that even as we give things that maybe the truth that we want to give, or even if we're correcting someone, ways to do that, graceful words, we should be able to give it in such a way that's easy to digest and taste good. So I kind of like this verse too, because it seems to go along with some of the other points we've been talking about through this series, babe. So I think of, okay, how he's saying, let your speech be always with grace, Hmm. seasoned with salt. Yeah. And it's kind of like, you're not just going to speak the first word that comes out. You're going to step back and add that last ingredient and be like, let's take a pause here. Let's add some salt to it. So it's making you like stop and think about what you're going to say, not just serve or say what comes to your mind's the first words that come out, I guess. And I just like that where it's just being quick to hear. Slow to slow speak, to slow speak. to wrath. Yeah. Yes. And that just kind of remind me of that. Just kind of taking that time to season something, thinking through what you're going to say. I like how that seasoned with salt, you think of salt is not one of the prominent ingredients. Like what I mentioned with salsa there, you have all these awesome ingredients. Salt is like an invisible ingredient. You don't really see it, but it enhances the flavors of the prominent ingredients that are there. 
So when we use graceful words, the hearer may not detect the individual words and say, oh yeah, that's a graceful word that you just told me. But the words, they might not be detectable. They might not be visible in their own sense, but they season what you're saying such that it's, yeah, as I said, it makes what you say taste good. (laughs) Yeah, so we should always seek to flavor our language with people and with graceful words and I have an example of that from the Bible. In 1 Samuel chapter 25, we have the story where Abigail meets David basically halfway. So her husband Nabal was disrespectful to David in such a way where, of course, David is the king and Nabal is asking basically, who is this David and why should I care about him? And David got really upset at the things that Nabal spoke to him such that he was gathering his men and he was going to go hunt for blood, basically, and Abigail met him halfway, brought some gifts for them, and spoke graceful words to David, asked him, please forgive me, my husband doesn't really think right, and here I am to serve, and her words were pleasant, and David acknowledges that and says, you stopped me from doing something horrible, and yeah, so never underestimate the importance of graceful words. Yeah, that's an awesome example. I like that. (laughs) Okay, on to our next letter. Letter R. So for this letter, I was thinking respectful words. So some of these kind of overlap a little bit, but just kind of thinking of different ways we say words or how we say our words. And the verse I was thinking that kind of went with having respectful words towards others is 1 Peter 2.17. It says, honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. I just like, I was just like, one, two, three, four short sentences in this verse. But they have so much depth to them. And I think when you're showing respect or another word could be honor, it's because you love them, the brotherly type of love. And you love them because you fear God. And I think this verse is just kind of cool that it has that progression like that. Yeah, honoring all men. He even mentions honor the king. Now, who was the king at this time? Wasn't it like Nero? (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, even people that you know are deeply in the wrong. How do we, as Christians especially, not tear people down, but build them up for our own testimony's sake? We should speak with people in honor. And yeah, as Peter says, honor all men. I also have Romans 12.10, where the Apostle Paul says, Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love, in honor, preferring one another. I had that verse down too. (laughs) I'm like, oh, this is a good verse. We need to have that one. So yay. Yeah, so in honor, preferring one another. So we can use our words also in honor to demonstrate that we're going to do something for other people, that they're important. You know, it's not just empty words of honor, but the words have backing to them. Don't you think it's interesting how both of these passages we read also includes not only honor, but that there's a type of love in there. And this one even specifies that it's brotherly love. 
And it just seems like you're respectful to other people because you have care or concern for them. And it's not like, oh, I love you because you're my brother or sister or mom or dad or husband or children. Like, I mean, this is talking about mankind in general, but you have that care or concern for them as a Christian because you care about their eternity. You care about their soul and because of that love for them in that way, you show respect to them. You're not going to tear them down or call names or be negative towards them because that wouldn't complete that part of what God tells us to do to bring the gospel to all men. We can't do that if we're being negative towards them. Yeah, exactly. And I think that if you try to get into the habit of being respectful to people with your words, that you'll find that your attitude will also be of respect to people. Mm -hmm. As Jesus says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So working on being respectful to people would ultimately start with your heart. And so if you're desiring to use your words to be respectful, you'll find that your heart will also follow your words too. And that being used to being respectful, you will legitimately begin to feel a respect toward people, even people who might do you wrong or oppose your Christianity. As I have First Peter 3.15, this is the apologetic verse. The apostle Peter says, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. So meekness, think like humility. So someone who is meek, someone who is humble, as he's giving an answer to someone, he's going to be respectful. And so Peter isn't just saying, be ready to bark out an answer because your enemies are going to challenge you and get ready to cut back at them with the truth. You know, that's not what he's saying. He's saying, always be ready to give an answer. So know what you believe and know it well enough to frame it in words that will be meek and temperate and concerned and respectful. Yeah, those are great points. I was looking at different ways we can show respect because it's kind of interesting that not only you think about like speaking respectfully, but part of respect is also listening and apologizing being empathetic Mm. so i think it's kind of neat that respectful like how you mentioned earlier it really is something that comes from your heart and so i'll throw out the trivia question right quick (laughs) (laughs) because it kind of has to do with respect stuff so let's see how well i do on this trivia (laughs) (laughs) well yeah this one's kind of interesting so so I might not do so well. Oh, no. You'll do fine. I don't know if there is a right or wrong answer to this one because I couldn't find one. I was trying to find out statistically. I like statistics, mm, yeah. but I couldn't find statistics on this. Are the southern states more respectful than the northern states? Let's see. Of course, thinking about historically or culturally speaking, when you hear of Southern hospitality, I'm inclined to think that Southern states, at least to some degree with their words, might be more respectful. But I could be wrong. Yeah, I know. I can't find any statistics. The closest thing I found was that the Southern states definitely had more of the groundwork of teaching respect And the one article I was looking at was actually from Time Magazine. (laughs) 
um, which is kind of funny. So first they start off saying that the reason the southern states are more respectful is because they have family values Mm. and they believe in God and they teach their children how to be respectful. And then later on it says, but But, (laughs) (laughs) they are progressing and learning how to change some of those traditions and be more accepting. (laughs) I was like, huh. Okay, so (laughs) so Southern hospitality needs to progress into more acceptance. Okay, does this progressing into more acceptance, which I assume is political correctness, does that result in more respectful words? (laughs) Yeah, that's a great question. Probably not. But I thought it was interesting how they recognized that the foundation of the Southern states being more respectful is that they believe in God. Yeah. (laughs) And they instill these values in their children. Yeah. And if you believe in God, believe in the Bible, the Bible says in the verses that we're bringing up about answering people with respect. And so, yeah, I would think that unless someone's trying to be their own form of religious and not care what the authority of the word of God says, yes, there are definitely Christians who are not very good with their words, but a true Christian, someone who is allowing themselves to be corrected and striving to be more Christ-like and and studying the word will result in being honest, being respectful, being gracious, and being more of the points that we're going to bring up in greats. How is your flame of truth, Christian? Is it burning bright? Hi, I'm Rebecca Bershwinger, creator and host of One Little Candle, a weekly podcast dedicated to encouraging, empowering, and equipping believers to be the light that God has called us to be, so that we may pass down undefiled the truth of God's infallible word to the next generation. So join me and light your own little corner of the world. You can listen to One Little Candle on all major podcast platforms or at christianpodcastcommunity.org. So one more quick thing about being respectful, because this was another thing I saw in trying to figure out a trivia question. So in the southern states, it used to be more common and more stigmatized that this came from a southern tradition where you would say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, to everything. Now, because of military and just people moving around more, It tends to be in a lot of different places now, not just strictly Southern. But I remember when I worked on the floor in the hospital, I would actually have people get mad at me if I said yes, sir, or yes, ma'am to them. Oh, wow. (laughs) And they would say things like, I'm not your mother. (laughs) Like, (laughs) are you from the South? You don't need to talk like that. And I'm like, Uh, okay, I'm sorry. I was just trying to be respectful. (laughs) Do you want me to say no, sir, and no, ma'am? Or <laughs> no, I know <laughs> that's being a little facetious there, but <laughs> <laughs> was that respectful? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's just interesting how, like, sometimes when you are being respectful, that some people get offended by that. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people now feel it's more like being uptight and they want to be less formal. And so now, yeah, when respectful has elements of formality, it makes them uncomfortable because now they feel like they have to be formal in return and they're not used to it. They don't like to be that way. And so, yeah. 
Which is funny. I think like if someone says yes, ma'am, to me, for some reason, it makes me feel like, huh, okay. <laughs> like it makes me feel more relaxed. Yeah. Just because like if someone's going to be talking to you and saying yes, ma'am, it just makes you feel like they're respecting yeah. you. They're regarding your person, your time, your words. and Yeah. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Sidetracking is over. (laughs) Oh, well, it's a good way to respect. Respect. (laughs) Now, the third point in our acronym greats will be the letter E, and that is encouraging words. What's the song? Where seldom is heard an encouraging word. (laughs) Oh, give me a home where the buffalo roam. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I don't think that's what this is about, but (laughs) that's what it reminded me of. But... (laughs) Oh, a discouraging word, but yeah. So encouraging words, we find that in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, where the Apostle Paul says, Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another. What is he saying? Basically, he's saying, encourage one another. And so, yeah, especially church members, as we go to meet for church, we're gathering in the body of Christ, as Paul is addressing here, encourage each other. And, of course, encouraging words aren't just limited to the family and to church. It's also for neighbors and co-workers and extended family and so on. I also have Proverbs 25:11 that says a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pictures of silver. And I know I didn't quite understand what that meant. Like, what is this actually saying about what are apples of gold and pictures of silver? And somehow, of course, anachronistically, I would think of like a painting or something framed on the wall that's made of silver, silver lined. And then it has these golden metal apples in them and stuff like that. But looking at some commentaries, it seems to be the idea of kind of golden colored crisp apples that are picked from the trees like these must be the beautiful desirable apples in israel would have more of a golden tint to them and the pictures of silver are actually baskets and so it's this beautiful scene it's a beautiful sight to pick crisp golden apples and place them into silver baskets and so yeah (laughs) So a a word fitly spoken, an encouraging word basically has this beautiful picture of picking beautiful fruit and putting it into beautiful vessels. Yeah, that's really cool to understand more what those words mean in that verse. Wow. I think encouraging words is something that can be a little more difficult because I think it's hard to find ways to encourage other people. And I like to encourage other people, but at the same time, it's like, how do I encourage others? So do you think encouraging others, I know you can say encouraging things, but you can also like do encouraging things or now that we have technology, texting, (laughs) encouraging things, I guess. So I know modern examples would be like, you got this girl or something like that. (laughs) You got this ways that you could tell people so discouraged or you might think i'm not able i can't get through this encouraging would be to say yes you are able and you can get through this and i'm here to help you get through this 
So to show enablement. And I have a example verse in the Bible, Deuteronomy 1.38, where it says, But Joshua the son of Nun, which standeth before thee, he shall go in thither. Encourage him, or strengthen him, for he shall cause Israel to inherit it. Basically saying, okay, Joshua is going to be the leader. He's already aware that as Moses had passed away and couldn't get to see the promised land, Joshua is going to be the one to lead Israel through the armies of the Canaanites and the Israel will inherit it. So strengthen Joshua, you know, as we see the giants there in the land, strengthen him, encourage him because he will cause Israel to inherit the land. You are are able the lord is with you so that's i think encouraging strengthening words that tell people they are able with god's help with your help but they are able to do this that's a great example i like that wow i think that both of the verses that you brought up and just even that example is such a good reminder of how we need other people around us and how the body of Christ is so important because you can't really encourage yourself. <laughs> like, mm. I think that society is so fixated on trying to make you feel like isolated or you can do this on your own strength or you're independent. And, but really, as we're looking through these different verses here, it's like, okay, but we need each other. We need to have other Christians around us encouraging us through prayer and words and scripture and I think that gives that person more strength when you have others around there it's kind of like that army coming around Mm. Joshua and encouraging him before they go forth into the battle there yeah the encouraging there is not just to say you have all power within yourself you know be the great army of one of course encouraging is to say yes as I mentioned you are able but not you alone are able i'm here god's here and that's why first thessalonians 5 11 mentions comforting yourselves together edifying one another i think that's one of the great things about as you mentioned the body of christ that we are all in this together we all encourage each other but i think that also it shows just how important it is to be open with each other because a lot of times, you know, you go into church and people are like, how are you doing? Oh, I'm good. I'm fine. How was your week? Good. And <laughs> I mean, you're not being, not saying that maybe you did have a good week, but when we're open with each other and we reach out to each other and there's that relationship and that connection with others, then you can say, hey, do you mind praying for me about this? Or someone else reaches out to you. Can you pray for my grandma? She has cancer. I mean, there's so many different ways that you can connect and encourage each other when you are open and not closed off. And so I think that's one of the challenges that we see in the church today is that so many people don't want to make that connection. And do you think that's because of how society functions right now? Like you can just be so independent or something? Oh, yeah. Because I think especially with the politics of the society today, it seems to be the syncretism both of the delusion of complete individual independence, but also being the greatest victim, you know, power Mm -hmm. and victimhood. So it's like you have all the power in you. 
but you need government to survive, to make it, that kind of thing. So it destroys your relationship and interdependence on other people in a community that way Mm -hmm. by trying to make you hyper-autonomous, but at the same time, utterly a victim and dependent on the government. Yeah. So encouraging words. So letter A in our great acronym. Letter A is for affirming words. So Deuteronomy 31 verse 6 says, Be strong and of a good courage. I think affirming words, just looking at some of the definitions, is that you're offering support. Again, you're encouraging. You're building that person up. And some ways we can do that is saying, like, I appreciate it when you ask me to do a podcast with you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I appreciate it, you, sweetheart, when you study and do some notes and like to do this with me. (laughs) Or saying things like, I'm so thankful for you playing with the kids and just having fun with them and spending that time with them. Like, that's very rare to see dads do that sitting on the floor playing Barbies and (laughs) Play-Doh. It's it's just very sweet. And I mean, it shouldn't be things that you just say like, okay, I checked off that list I was affirming today. But it's like things, again, that come from your heart because you love that person, you care for that person. And even when we're talking about, okay, these are other Christians or our neighbors, there's still that brotherly love because you care about their eternity. So you're going to affirm them and help them hopefully like find Christ and be able to be encouraged to walk their life with Christ. So recently, you've had quite the clients, quite the patients with the clinic that you've been doing, Castle Rock Women's Health. And I know you are very affirming with them because a lot of them are scared when you're dealing with pregnant, especially young ladies there who are pregnant and maybe they're not ready for pregnancy or in the case where they do want a baby and there's some complications. You're not like the typical healthcare provider who wants to just shove some medication, say, you know, take this for two weeks, bye, you know, kind of thing. I'll follow up with you in two weeks or something. You know, you are very affirming with your words. And we had a client recently, as we talked about in previous episodes about mail-in abortions, it's called the abortion pill protocol. One recent client was someone who took the first pill, the mifeprestone, and regretted it and so called Heartbeat International and they referred her to you. And so, yeah, you're helping her through this or helping to see if we can reverse the effects of it. You told me about what you said, and you say this to other patients too, but you said, you're not alone in this. I am here for you every step of the way. And I think that's a really good affirming statement. You're not alone. People need to hear this because especially women who are scared in the situations where you see them, you care for them, to tell them you're not alone because a lot of them feel that way. Even when there's family and friends who all they have to offer are just words of do this, do that. As you mentioned, they feel alone in all that because they feel like they're trying to figure out what do I do here? I All I'm getting is just 
advice smacking me around that isn't really caring for me in particular and holding me by the hand, but you said you're not alone and I'm here for you every step of the way, showing your availability. You are affirming these women in such a way that you care for them, not just for that particular visit, but they can reach out to you at any time and you're going to reach out to them too. And so, yeah, those are definitely affirming words there, sweetheart. I really appreciate how you take care of the women who come to your clinic and find themselves scared and you can alleviate that a little bit. (laughs) So yeah, affirming words. You're not alone. I'm here for you. Be strong and very courageous. Definitely one way to build other people up in our greats acronym Castle Rock Women's Health is a pro-women and pro-life clinic and ministry serving women of all ages and backgrounds in the community of Castle Rock, Colorado and the surrounding areas. Castle Rock Women's Health offers well-women care, prenatal care, extended postpartum care, licensed clinical Christian counseling, fertility awareness, hormone therapy, childbirth classes, STI testing and treatment, ultrasounds, and even the abortion pill reversal. Castle Rock Women's Health uses your generosity to offer services at little to no cost for many women in situations where insurance is not available. But Castle Rock Women's Health needs your help. To serve women better in the community, Castle Rock Women's Health is looking to move into a new office. Please consider a charitable donation to help Castle Rock Women's Health offer life-affirming care and reach more women with the love of Jesus Christ by going to givesendgo.com forward slash CRWH. That's givesendgo.com forward slash CRWH and be a blessing to women in need. For more information about Castle Rock Women's Health, please visit our website at crwomenshealth.com. Thank you so much. The next word in our acronym, the letter T. So number five is truthful words. For truthful words, we have James 4.11 that says, Speak not evil one of another brethren. And so rather than speaking evil or malice or untrue things, we want to speak truth of and toward other people. And have another passage, Ephesians 4, verses 24 through 25, where the Apostle Paul says, And that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness, wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. And I like how the Apostle Paul tied the idea of putting away lying and speaking truth with the fact that we put on the new man. And so that is definitely a statement of Christianity there. Wherefore, being Christians, putting on the new man, this should result in you putting away lying such that you speak truth with your neighbors. So I think this one's so important, but at the same time, a hard one (laughs) to do. And especially when we're talking about you need to be truthful, but at the same time, you need to be graceful and respectful and encourage. So sometimes I think being truthful can be kind of challenging because 
you're like, do I tell them the truth? Because that might hurt their feelings. Yeah. But at the same time, if we're not telling the truth, maybe they could be harmed or go down the wrong path. I like that James 4.11 is saying, speak not evil one of another. So speaking truth isn't about hurting other people's feelings. It's about we're not speaking evilly. And so when we're speaking truth, it's out of love for them, out of concern for them. So we're speaking truth with grace and we're speaking it with respect. So truthful words definitely goes with the other things we mentioned. There are ways that you can deliver truth. And if someone is going to be mean about it, then you have to question just how truthful it would be because truthful should go with grace and respect. And as an example, I could think of the way I try to talk with my coworker at work, who's someone that I've witnessed to before. And I know that I try to be truthful and honest, even when it can be difficult sometimes. I try to be willing to say when I'm not certain of an answer, because you could ask some pretty challenging questions. And sometimes they're provocative questions. And I will know that I've got to be willing to say the truth, even when it could be awkward or difficult, but to speak it in love and to try not to bite back, express anger or resort to ad hominems. But even if the conversation is around something where I think, you know, he might be seriously wrong about something, that's not the time to take out the verbal sword or insult intelligence or anything like that. Always be respectful and gracious with truthful words. So being respectful and gracious doesn't compromise truth. It goes with truth. And so you can't have grace and respect without truth. And you can't have truth without grace and respect. Oh, I like that. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. There's a a quotable quote there for (laughs) listeners. You You know, put it on social media, maybe with some awkward picture of my face the caption (laughs) about what i just said there can i hack your facebook and do that (laughs) (laughs) you're like i don't know about that (sighs) okay don't worry i won't do that (laughs) so i kind of thought maybe we should add this last one so before our acronym was great and then i was thinking hmm think we need to add s to this so that's how we got grades so for the letter s it's sincerity because i think all of these things that we've talked about graceful words respectful words encouraging words affirming words and truthful words but they all have to come from a sincere heart mm-hmm. and i think first peter 1 verse 22 is a good verse to kind of summarize what this means And so this says, seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. I happen to see that verse too. And the word for pure there and pure heart is the same word that's translated sincere in other verses. Yeah. And so it's just kind of, again, that all of these things come from your heart. It's something that we can't just, I guess you can kind of force yourself to do some of these things, but then again, it's not sincere. But when you have the Holy Spirit inside of you working in your heart, And from your heart comes these words that are graceful, respectful, encouraging, truthful, 
that it is going to be sincere because they're coming straight from your heart. The other verse I kind of liked that talks about this too is First John 3 verse 18. And this says, My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. I like that verse. I also have Second Corinthians 1 12. The Apostle Paul says, For our rejoicing is this, the testimony of our conscience, that in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God, we have had our conversation or our conduct in the world and more abundantly to you word. So the rejoicing of Paul is that we act, our testimony is demonstrated through our sincerity, not through fleshly wisdom, it said, which is probably more like intellectual manipulation. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But by the grace of God, we have our conduct in the world that demonstrates our humble sincerity there. Just think of, you know, if you're talking with your neighbor and you want to avoid challenging or awkward questions, some people might have this persona where it's difficult to get them to open up and be sincere. They like to joke around or deflect things, but if you can't be sincere and you're always having to joke or deflect, then really you're not giving people the respect that they should have from you. If there's something that someone says that really needs a sincere answer, even if you're the greatest comedian in the world, (laughs) not everything should be turned into a joke or deflected away, distracted, whatever. You should be able to, as Christians especially, be able to be sincere, be down to earth, demonstrate that pure heart, as Peter mentions. So, are you excited about your (laughs) 200th episode? Yeah, that brings this episode to a close here. We've gotten through six ways to build others up with the acronym GREATS, and that will bring to a close episode 199, which means that what we have left to look forward to now is marching on to episode 200. And I mentioned last episode, I'm going to have a guest on, a special guest, and we're going to talk about a special subject. Well, I'll reveal that. We're going to talk a little bit about Christian podcasting. And so, yeah, what better subject for episode 200? And so, we hope that this episode was encouraging, and one of the points was encouraging words, but (laughs) we hope that the points raised that the acronym GREATS helps your thoughts in how to build other people up, how to be graceful, respectful, encouraging, affirming, truthful, and sincere with our words towards others rather than tear them down, build them up, and also stay tuned for the next episode of Truth Espresso, episode 200. <laughs> Guarantee you don't want to miss that one. That one's going to be a really great interview episode. 200 episodes strong, and God bless. Thank you for waking up with Truth Espresso. Good morning, and God bless your day. Hey friends, Daniel Minnick here again. If you liked waking up to this episode of Truth Espresso, I would really appreciate it if you would rate it on Apple Podcasts, 
Stitcher, or whatever application you use to listen to Truth Espresso.